Hello and welcome to the podcast, Love, Life and Loss. This week you hear Barry's story. Barry talks for the first time about his son Mason, who was diagnosed with Zellweger syndrome at just four months old, and he was only given a year to live. Listeners Barry talks about his journey, caring for his son and being a dad for the first time. You will hear how determined Barry was to give his son the best quality of life by thinking outside of the box and challenging where he felt necessary. And what a fantastic job he did. Mason managed to live until he was two and a half years old, thanks to the care and determination of his parents. Barry is a proud dad and he talks about the struggles and the highs and lows of his journey caring for his son and what life was like after. Even after losing his son, Barry continued to work and support others. It was a privilege to hear his story and hear the perspective of the dad in this episode. Barry is an amazing father and an inspiration to all. So please join us. Hello and welcome to the podcast, Love, Life and Loss. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this today. Would you like to introduce yourself so everybody can find out who we're talking to today? Um, yeah, so my name's Barry. Um, I well, live in London, but uh, I met um, this young lady in Ibiza um, about, when was it? A few months ago now? Yeah, July. Where's the beginning of July? Yeah, in July. Um, met her. Uh, we got talking um, and discovered that she obviously done a po- podcast, um, what we're doing now. Um, and in conversation, uh, I've lost a child um, sort of seven, eight years ago now. And yeah, we just got talking um, and she just asked me would I come on here today to share my story. So I agreed. Something that I've been avoiding for, well, I've not been avoiding, but yeah, I've not had the courage to or the time to do it. Not the time, but just I've not been in the right space to do it. And now I feel like now's the time I can probably get it out. So here we are. And I feel very privileged as well that you've agreed to do this today with us. So thank you very much. I'm nervous. <laughs> it's okay. Don't worry. You're not the only one. So um, I'll just explain how I do this. So what I do is I ask everybody to tell their story in their own words. So um, and if you want to tell me your beginning, what that looks like to you, yeah. and that could be anything. So my beginning was the my first pregnancy. Yeah. So what's your beginning? Oh, so basically, Mason was born December 2012. He was born on his due date. Uh, when he was born, um, everything looked fine. Didn't look like there was no complications. And after about, uh, so babies are born with jaundice. And after uh, about eight weeks, he still had jaundice. So he's, um, his mum, uh, who I was with previously, she she had another child. Um, so she'd, she'd already had children. So Mason was my first child. Um, so after eight weeks, because he still had jaundice, she was like, "There's something wrong here." Like she was the one who knew. Like, yeah. so she said, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take him to the hospital because there's." She just had a gut feeling there was something wrong. So, um, took him to the hospital, um, and I done blood tests, and it come back to say that he had something wrong with his liver, uh, liver, yeah, liver or kidneys, yeah, liver. Sorry. So, uh, they done blood tests to say he had something wrong with his liver. So, um. We went and took him up. To, uh, they transferred us to another hospital, uh, King's College Hospital in London. Okay. So when they transferred us over there, um, they was doing all sorts of blood tests on him to find out what, like, what, what was wrong with him. And his blood results come back like all over the place. They said they'd never seen nothing like this before. Okay, really? 
what I was so generally from from what I know, obviously from what I was telling me that when uh, they do blood results on a liver, they might get um, ten different blood counts back, showing ten different things. And normally, let's just say it was one to ten. If number one was down, automatically number seven and eight would be down, for example. And if number two is down, number like three or four might also be down. So still connected. Everything was kind of connected. And what they were saying is, is Masons, this is here and this is here, but we never see this. Like, and so they was like, like we're going to have to do some more investigation because we 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 know there's something wrong, but we don't know what's wrong because nothing's coming back. Uh, Was it inconclusive? Is the word? So it was like okay. So we was in the hospital and they said to us, they um they said we're gonna run a dye for him. It was like a radioactive dye. Okay, yeah. Um, so they put a dye in and they run that all through his body to see what was going, what was wrong. And they come back out and they said, Right, we've got to take him down for emergency surgery. They said he's got a blockage in his liver and they said he needs a uh an emergency operation. It was called like a, I think it was called a Kasai operation. Okay, that was the name of it. So anyway, um, they whisk him into theatre and basically said, "Look, like because there's a blockage, we've got to." Uh, they couldn't unblock it, so they said they had to get a part of the liver and basically redirect it around the blockage. Okay, so that then everything would like a bit of like a bypass. Sort yeah, of yeah, like a layer, like if you had a plumb or block pipes you could add another pipe and go around it rather than cleaning it they they actually for whatever reason they go around it so it was like okay so there was like it's a six-hour operation so we was like okay so me and his mum went into just into the local town and we was like just went for a drink we was like so this happened that quickly so mm-hmm. you've gone there for, from jaundice to now suddenly having to have an operation yeah 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 how, so. how was that at that moment there for you what was going through your head well at the time we just because we so we knew something was wrong uh no so what happened is when we when they'd done the tests um they kept on doing tests and so we was in there for a couple of weeks okay before they said we're going to try to die so when they okay. when they put the dye in that was when they uh, they could see the blockage because of because of the dye that they put yeah. in and when they see the blockage that's when they just was like we need to operate on him now because from what they could see that blockage if that continued that would cause death okay so so to them it was an emergency yeah, so they was like yeah. we've got to go down so so the emergency bit like it weren't explained it was like boom we're gone so anyway uh about two, so we got told this is like a major operation it takes like six and a half like or six six and a half hours normally so it was like, okay so like i said we we went up to went to the pub and just fucking we was like well, we need to fucking drink like yeah God, I'm not so anyway surprised. so uh, we went went into town um and about two hours later we got a call to say that they'd finished and we was like really they finished fucking oh wow like, like, that was quick they said it was like six hours so we because we was like a, sort of about 20 minutes away so it was like jumped in the fucking car rushed back to the hospital and we was like like what is everything okay and they was like well he's not got a blockage so he's like oh bloody hell that's good they was like the doctor done the operation got to his liver got to where the blockage was so physically had a look at it and he said there was no blockage there so what was happening then so right so what happened is so obviously what they've done is stitched him up and so they had to do further investigations and then they obviously found out what his condition was so that was 
they ended up doing more. I don't know what's the, but they can basically do some sort of test where they, they keep on running them through all sorts of different tests. So anyway, they eventually found out what he had due to his blood results. Okay. Uh, so they come back and said, he's got this condition. It's called proxosomal biogenesis disorder is the medical name for it. Okay. What is that? What is that then? So in, so the, the name, so that's the medical name yeah. and the, the name that they use to tell people or what you the, the alternative name is Zellweger's um disease okay. and the reason why they call it Zellweger's because you know the actress uh Renny Zellweger yeah she her dad discovered it oh okay he so he was like a some sort of scientist he discovered it and they basically said that this condition is terminal so he was like what the fuck like oh. what are you talking about and so it turns out that so in the food and drink that we eat there's there's acids in in everything that we eat um and even our own body produces acid mm. and our body basically uh when we let's just say we eat food it will take the the goodness out of the food it will take the energy it will take the proteins and it disposes of the acids and the badness in our who and we uh and our body that works normally gets rid of it so he had an enzyme missing that didn't break down the acids because it didn't break down the acids that the body didn't dispose of the acids and acid burns so then it's building up so it's a it basically <laughs> it it builds up acids on the inside oh. so to look at him or, or at the time he looked yellow but to look at him there was nothing wrong with him he looked like a normal baby but with acid over time because acid burns yeah uh and so because it stayed in it it affects everything on the inside so it affects the eyes ears the brain oh. liver kidneys everything on the inside so unfortunately if you look at it, it's one of this one of the worst kind of deaths that that you can never imagine so awful yeah so it's it's a deterioration um so so when um when we got told we said like what was his life expectation like how long and they said looking at the blood results so uh the only the only way i can explain it because um some children might pass away very very quickly within the first week some of them are one year some of them are three years some are even up to the age of 10 like it's different different people are on a different spectrum yeah. but they've all got the same condition and the, the only way i explain it to try and break it down to people is let's just say you had a pint glass and that pint glass is their life expectancy and when it gets to the top of the pint glass that's the end of their life so if you had a tap and you turn the tap on if you turn the tap on a little bit it would drip slowly and it will take a lot longer to reach the top of the glass, whereas other children, their tap's wide open and it fills the glass up pretty quickly. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Depending on how much, because some some of the children, their 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 bodies are breaking down some of the acids, but not all of it. Okay. So Mason had, I I, I couldn't tell you the percentage, but his wasn't the quickest because obviously okay. some people go, but yeah. he had a very short life expectancy. So sorry, I missed a bit because. What happened was we was at this was at King's College, so when King's College told us, uh, but they don't deal with they don't deal with that. So okay. then it so then we got transferred to the Evelina Children's Hospital in Central London. Okay. So the Evelina Children's Hospital deal with the Royal Marsden. So both of them are for terminal children, and okay. so I think the Royal Marsden is like one side of the water, and the Evelina is on like this side of the south of the water. Okay. So we ended up going to there, and that's when obviously we met the neurologist who was supposedly the specialist in um in his condition uh so genetics this genetic condition so we went there and then 
that was when they was told us like he's going to die and so she was the woman who we were speaking to who started telling us um about it and then we was like what do we do and she said wait we was like well what do you mean she was like there's there's nothing we we can do if he present his symptom management so so whatever he presents with we have to manage it and other than that there's, there's nothing we can do it's a deterioration so they give him because he had problems with his liver he, they give him vitamins and things for the liver so they could so they took the jaundice away he's once they give him vitamins his liver count started working uh they changed his milk so rather than giving him a a very long chain fatty acid so so 90 or in fact 99 percent of the food that we eat have gotten what's called very long chain fatty acids in them and there's only one food out there that is medium chain fatty acid and it's coconut okay. so coconut's already broken down acid's already broken down so your body can can uh because it's medium chain fatty acid it gets rid of them but you can't live on a coconut diet because your body still produces stuff so they put them on a milk that was less fatty so that obviously it he could get a better quality of life i suppose yeah. um yeah and then it was like then we took him home and we just fucking went home that night and we was like just staring at him like what the yeah. fuck like how so how did you so you and your partner still together at the time how yeah. did you manage that together as a family well, well i remember going home that night and we just sat in silence really just didn't know what to do Oh. Bet, yeah. Like, what do you do when you're given that that news? Yeah. What? what yeah. What? What? What would you say? What'd you say? Yeah. Like he was there. We had a baby in the cot there. Looked like there was nothing wrong with him. Like so, he was obviously he was taking a bottle. Like he was fine. So the head's looking at him like he's fine, or you're looking at him, and then you're like, he's got you got told, oh, you got like a year, and you're like, how old was he at this point? Uh, four months old. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so he went into yeah. We went in at eight weeks. So, so it it was another sort of eight weeks before he actually got diagnosed. Like I said, we was in the hospital. We was in there a lot. They was doing a lot of tests. They were seeing him with milk. They was trying him with like different things. And like I said, that that's how his condition is. It took it took like eight weeks for them to to find out what it was. Was he in hospital that whole time? Um, Yeah, because no, we was in the hospital. No, we was in the hospital. I think because he had a problem with his liver. And and it was so they, I, I don't know that they, they just want that they, they kept him in. They just kept yeah. him in the whole time. Like I think they was they was generally thoroughly doing tests like daily. Like they was taking bloods daily. Like we was we was they they wanted us in there. They, they weren't like yeah. go home. It was so yeah. And then obviously yeah we come home. Uh, and then basically the doctor said call us if you need us. Like wow. uh, yeah, basically because it was like like. They told us what it was, yeah. and 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 until like they they told us what like can happen. So we obviously we researched it. Like I must have like obviously I was trying to find a cure for it. So I've spoke to every doctor around the world. Like I called everybody for month. Like I was just spent like night after night after night like researching like and just getting dead ends everywhere. Like I offered everybody like everything. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Um, All right, take a minute for a drink. Yeah, cool. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Don't apologize. We've got to see last face. Mm. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'll get myself back together. I'll probably do this about three times. Yes, honestly, it's fine. Good, good job. I don't mind about crying. I actually don't like I've said to you, didn't I? I said I would talk to people and I'll cry. If I've got to cry, I've got to cry. I don't yes. care because uh, I always feel better at the end of it. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, um, uh, where was I? Yeah, so and then 
um it was about about three months after so we was looking after him we was getting him getting his weight checked he was putting on weight i think we had to go back and maybe have a checkup like i think we was checked in for like in eight weeks to do bloods because yeah. i think they wanted to check on his liver it so we were still terminal what what like i said it, then it was i suppose just checkups for his liver and then it was if it was if you need us then come and call us um so once he was on the medication they yeah they checked it and his liver his liver was getting better so so the so the med- the, med- the the vitamins that they was giving him because i obviously because it's acid oh so just going back to it one of the reasons why he's why all these things were all over the place is because it was acid in there that was contributing okay yeah to to his results nobody's never got the nobody has this acid in in them uh, and that stays in there so that's the reason why because he actually physically had acid inside that was why his results were all over the place and that that they don't ever see them before do you remember when i was saying earlier yeah yeah yeah. so they got him back to very very good levels actually and they was like oh we're like so um yeah then so about three months later um we was just we were sitting there and um, watching telly and then all of a sudden he like f- threw his arms and legs up in the air. And that was when he had his first seizure. Oh, um, right. And we was like, oh, fuck, here we go. Like, because obviously you kind of praying and hoping that they're wrong yeah, at the yeah. same time. And like I said, because he, he, he physically, he was a baby and he was feeding and he was doing everything like... Presenting really well. Presenting really well. You just you forget about it yeah yeah or you want to forget about yeah, it yeah, yeah. because nothing's gone wrong yet so anyway and he threw his arms up and legs up and we was like what the fuck and he had a seizure then we went and see them and yeah we uh to be honest with you I, i'm not gonna go too much into it but, but there, there was a lot of there was a lot I, i'm not gonna go into all of them because i'll be here all day but there was a lot of hospital errors that went on as well okay some of them were so due to medication I, I, I'm not going to go into the full story, but put it this way. Mason got given a seizure medication and he had insomnia and he wasn't sleeping for about eight weeks. And it was only when we was like, Look, listen, we've got to change this medication. Like, and we didn't, just because we didn't know his condition, we didn't know anything about seizures. We didn't even know, like we was just, ta- in the beginning, we was taking advice from the doctors. Yeah, yeah like you do. yeah, Like you do. Mm-hmm. And it was naive to it. Like they know best. Mm-hmm. And then after... We was like, no, we've got to change this. Like he's like he's not, we we actually went in about eight weeks. So after his first seizure and they put him on seizure medication, he was literally crying, he was agitated, he was everything. And because we didn't know, we just thought like this is the start of it. This yeah, is him now. Condition. Yeah. Eight weeks and we went in there banging our heads like like he's not sleeping, he's not they changed his seizure medication, fucking sorted everything out. Sorted absolutely everything out. And he was mm-hmm. and then he started sleeping well and he weren't agitated. So it was actually the seizure medication. That had actually that they got the because obviously again I don't know what they know, but that it's like if somebody said to you I've got a headache, they go here here's a paracetamol. So I don't know if there's a protocol of what they do with a seizure yeah. medication. Someone presents with seizures and okay here and again get that off the shelf. But later down the line we realised that there's loads of different seizure medications and so, so when they changed it we managed to get them to the right one and we sorted all out. But we actually had eight weeks of him uh, within so we me and his mum was we was driving our head up the wall because we had a baby that wasn't like was constantly screaming and crying and so that actually done him like in so we had that so like me and me and his mum are not together anymore um like now i don't have a bad word to say about her at all she was like brilliant mum to my son like 
Um, just unfortunately, when things like this happen, you either go re- that way or you go that way. And unfortunately, we went that way, which is it's a sad story. Like, I, I wish you all the best and like, I hope she does well. But like I said, I'll say she's a br- brilliant mum to my son. But unfortunately, as a couple, we ended up yeah. like, going our own separate ways. So Grief can do that too. Yeah, yeah, it can. But so anyway, so so when we was here, uh, we, we, like it made the relationship hard. But Mason got the best care he could. Like he he literally got the best care, which, which I'm I'm proud of her and like me for that. Uh, we we done we done a bucket list. We decided that we was gonna do everything that that we wanted to. So we, I've got loads of memories. We didn't because unfortunately, I, I so so since. Obviously, Mason, I've been involved with uh, charity and charities that's to do with Mason's condition. Okay, that's nice. Yeah, I, I've done a conference. So I'll, I'll get to that. But So I've met loads of families with the with the same condition. And uh, I've met families that have not done anything with their children because they, they, they're they worried about their children being sick or things like that, or they end up housebound and things like that. And luckily, and we, we didn't do that. We was like, right, come on. We treated him like a normal baby, took him out everywhere, we like I said, we I've done a Chesham World Adventures, done Legoland, took him on holiday, took him to the beach, took him on Lenin Wheel, uh, took him to see the Champions League trophy at Chelsea, um, Father Christmas, swimming, like so oh, I've got I've got like yeah, yeah, I've got loads and like loads of good memories with him. Like everything got done. He was always looked after, always cleaned. He was like so Mason so his life expectancy was a year and he lived till he was two and a half. So we ended up like we got longer than what we was expected and and i believe that was through love and care that that we that we managed to get them um and him and he was just he's the strongest person i've I ever met um yeah so we uh yeah yeah we we, we managed to do loads with him we spent some good quality time with him i even had a beer with him uh i took him to the pub one day and i and i, I, I told people because i don't care i put his dummy in a bit of beer and I said cheers, and I gave him a bit, a bit, <laughs> a bit of beer on his dummy, and I had, a, and I had a toast with him. Right? Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, um, and that, that is nothing wrong with that. No, I don't, I don't care. I'd do it again. I'd do it again. Um, so, but yeah, so um, yeah, there was like there was loads of challenging times. Like I said, loads. Uh, there's there was a few errors that went went wrong. Um, put into um some sticky situations. Like, do you know what it is? I, I like because I. I'm t- I'll tell you about that. I'm not going to go into detail because they it's not what his life was about. I yeah. I, I do re- I re- remember all them things, and and uh, and there's things that were like I, I I'm really grateful for the for the way I, for the way I acted. I acted. I was very very hard work for the for the hospital. Very very hard work. That was going to be my next question. Actually, how did you manage that situation? So if there's anyone listening who are going through similar things right now and having to deal with medical professionals, how did you manage that? Um, what I'm going to tell you is don't okay so in the hospital there's I, I met two different types of people and I met people who are there for the love of the job and I met people who are there f- for the job for the money and they're two different people and you can see them a mile away and some of the ones who are there for the love of the job they care and they give the love and affection and they work with you and unfortunately the ones that are not that way inclined you tend to battle them a lot more yeah and what we done was we went into hospital not knowing not knowing anything medically at all and realized quite quickly that you better learn about your children very very quickly very very fast if you want things to go how you want them to go 
and then that's just down to yourself on what kind on what kind of person you are i researched everything and so once i realized what they was like i then become doctor yeah and then nothing was left to them uh we took full control and that so at the beginning we was fighting the, the hospital because they didn't like the fact that we was nah hold on like now we was questioning everything yeah because things went wrong we was like hold on like this has gone wrong this is why are these why are these things happening like that they could have been prevented and so then we was like right we so his medication for example when you go in there and a medication and you're in there so they'd have like a a drawer with all these medication in there and there'd be um medications that what they uh, control drugs so they have them in the drawer locked up so his medication might be let's just say 12 12 o'clock three o'clock six every three hours for example yeah and obviously you're on a hospital, one nurse might have four patients and they're doing this, this and this. So the medication gets late. So you're sitting there like, come on, like, where's where's the nurse? Where's the nurse? And I'm in the end, learn to do these drugs, do them yourself. Everything gets done on time. If you want something done right, you do it yourself. That's a fact. Mm. Yeah. So unfortunately, what we just had to do, we, we had to learn learn to to give to to be independent and self-independent and not rely on the hospital so that's an option then of course you can do that because yeah, i didn't i didn't i'll be honest i didn't okay. know that yeah yeah, so. yeah 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 just like we was like look so so what happened was so some of this all do is everything's kind of indifferent it, like I've, I've told like how it was then but then there's going to be things that i can advice that i can give you on and it will just come out now but so for example mason was uh there was a time when he so in the beginning, he had a he was taking a bottle, and what happened is, is uh, because as his condition deteriorated, um, he as he was deteriorating, uh, he oh so Mason had no muscle, so he had development delays uh, due to his condition, okay, uh, and he also had low muscle tone as well, so he so he didn't couldn't support his own head, and okay. so so because he had development delays, so like I said, when he was a baby, because he was putting on weight, and babies don't do nothing, yeah. Yeah. that's when he looked like he was getting bigger and stronger yeah which he was but then what happened was um obviously the condition d- deteriorates so as he's getting bigger and stronger the, the condition's getting worse yeah as well and there comes to a point when they collide and unfortunately the condition is the one that then wins unfortunately so uh so there was a point when he had um a tube thread uh so uh, because he could, he had a disoriented yes. swallow so he could aspirate on his saliva and when because he got bigger and stronger he over night time he would try and pull it out because obviously um like it was on his face yeah yeah um and so because his life expectancy was only a year they didn't they put the tube there because obviously if it's long term they give you um a peg so that you can feed straight into yeah. the stomach so at the beginning, he kept on pulling it out. So I'd have to, middle of the night, he pulled it out. I'd have to get him in the car, take him up to the hospital and get somebody to thread his tube. And then one time he'd done it like three times in a week. And I was like, right, I've seen them do this. Like I've watched them do it. They've shown me how to do it. I was like, come downstairs. So I remember I went downstairs and I got one of his tubes and I was like, I'm doing this. I'm not taking him out of the hospital. I, when you look at it, really, you should have gone and got training and that, yeah? But I I know. I, I did do... Just anyone listening, just make... Yeah, get yeah, some training. Get some, yeah, if anyone's listening, go and get some training. You know, desperate moments. I'm, yeah, some training. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a little bit... 
different to most people. I can be a bit stupid and do some silly things. So anyway, um, I knew that when you thread it, that it, if it went, it could go into the lung, which was not good because you feed them and you mm. drown them. Or if it goes into the stomach, what it is, there's a there's a test that you can do. You actually, you pull out a test and you've got a, a, a pH stick yeah. and you put it on a pH stick okay. and it, that tells you whether it's there or not. Okay. So I knew that and I, I just, I just never threaded it before. Yeah. But even if someone teaches you, it's the hole that goes down your nose and it really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still it, got to take that first plunge, haven't you? Yeah. So I'm. I remember the first time I'd done it. I put it down his nose, and I thought it's going down. It come out his mouth, right? And I went no, oh, and I pulled wow. it out, and I was like, right? And I was like, shit. So I done it again. <laughs> it went, it I know, please. <laughs> and I can say so anyway. So I, 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 I said, look, mum, look, it's here. We check the stick. We checked like three pH sticks. Double checked it. Double checked it. it was like it's down. So he was like, all right, let's put a little bit in. Make sure it's all right. And I've done it. And then ever since then, I've done his chew because I had no problem. Okay. Were the doctors aware that you were doing his chew? Uh, well, no, I just turned up and was like, I do his chew now. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, go and get any training. So again, the what happened was we learned, we was like, look, can we not do his medication? Because what happened is, is you have to understand, he's medi- we was dealing with him at home before. So every time we went into hospital with him, so sorry. So when, when he got diagnosed, they sent him home with us. So... We was giving him uh, regular medication for the um, liver. for the liver. So we so we'd learnt then how to give him medication. Then obviously when he went on to the seizure medication, so when we first went in, that that's they kept him in a little bit, and but then we had to go home, uh, and then we was giving him obviously his medication at home. So then when we went to the hospital, so because we've done his all his everything and we dealt with him at home, we we we've done his milk we've done his um, medication so at home everything was on time he got everything yeah. if, on time so when we was in the hospital we was like well like he's not in routine because you're not in routine you've locked his drugs up and you want to give them to him do them on time like yeah. if but and because they kept on doing we was like listen uh, give me open up the drawer so it kept on we was like they kept on coming along opening up the drawer and then, like when we was in there, it was like, "Can you just give us a key to the drawer?" So it, it went in stages yeah, because they, yeah. they, the hospital had to learn, realize that we was competent. I, yeah, they've got to trust each other. Yeah. Them. So at the beginning, there was no trust, and so we was it was a battle of dealing yeah. with the hospital because of, like I say, it's your children there. You, you, you like if you're their food and they're hungry, and your baby's crying and there's not got the milk because the nurse has not got it, you want to kill the nurse. Yeah. 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 So like, and they they uh, and they could be under it. It's not their fault. Yeah. yeah. But so that so the, the the thing I will say is is if you go into hospital, learn to do everything yourself quickly. Yeah. Don't... And it's it's a good lesson to learn too that it is okay to challenge. Yeah, yeah, you of course, can, of you course. Can question you can challenge. No, no. Because they don't tell you everything, do you? you? Don't realize that all the stuff that you can do and what is available to you. So it's good to ask questions and to challenge. What you will realize is is that so with, with Mason's condition because it was a genetic condition there's 200 genetic conditions. So just because you're a genetic specialist, that doesn't mean you're a specialist in that condition. Yeah. You're a genetic. Con- so uh, we quickly learn that we know more than you because we're, we're looking yeah, at one yeah. condition. We're, we're, st- we're having a look at this one thing, whereas you're dealing with 200. You, it, so I, I give them an analogy once. And I said, if I had, if I had a, <laughs> I, did, I did piss the hospital off quite a bit, to be honest with you. But they said to me, um, I said, if I had a leak, I'd call a plumber. I wouldn't call a handyman. Yeah. Because a handyman knows a, 
knows a bit of everything, but jack of the, all trades. Jack of all tra- yeah. So just because you're a, a genetic specialist, that doesn't mean that like you know everything about my son. I I know more than you, unfortunately, and th- they don't like hearing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I learned to do everything. I learned to to Freddie's tube. I learned to do his medication. I learned chest physio. Uh, we used to take him to hydroport, took him swimming, like medically. And so when we were, so because he had um. At one point in his condition, he had colitis, uh, ulcerated colitis. Um, that? Ulcerated colitis, uh, burning the colon. Oh. Uh, that was due to medication for antibiotics. So we ended up with that. But because he, had, he ended up with kidney stones, gallstones. Oh, bless him. But because there were so many different complications, because it done all the inside, I was having to learn x-rays. I was learning ultrasounds. I was learning blood results. Like, yeah. I wanted to know everything. Uh, like, mm-hmm. because with my child, I, 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 I wanted to know everything. Like people, people get educated on or go and learn things at college for ten years to go and learn something. I wanted to learn my son yeah. instantly. So yeah, so like I said, I've yeah, it was it, it was hard because we was obviously dealing with people. Um, our manager uh, getting Botox. He was he was one of the youngest people in the country to have Botox. What was the benefit in Botox? So Botox people, as you know, women will either get it for their forehead or for their lips. Yeah. Well, it's actually for to stop. You can stop people sweating. So people who have, who oversweat, uh, you can put it into, for example, your armpits, and it will stop you sweating. And people who have saliva, they put in saliva glands here, and it stops secretions. Oh. So where he had a disorientated swallow, uh, potentially he could even uh, choke on his own spit. So uh, the, they said that they it's not been approved for children under the age of two in the UK or in or anywhere. And where I was saying, look, listen, like he's keeps on <clears throat> like we so we was there suctioning him all the time having to make sure that he wasn't choking yeah. on it we, we he had to have 24-hour care he had to have eyes on him 24 hours a day because of how he was so and we, we didn't get no respite we didn't have no nurses i was we, about to say how was that for you and your partner that must have been exhausting uh, do you know what you just do it it's yeah and i get that uh, but the thing is so see like now even now i don't sleep much and when he was here it was like the only way I explain it, you know, like dolphins or fish, like they never sleep, but they they rest with like one eye open, don't they? Oh, they shut half of their brain down. Yeah, yeah. That's how it was. Mason, so other night time, Mason had a SATS monitor on him and an apnea mat. So if anything okay. did go wrong, alarms would go off because the last thing you wanted to do is wake up in the morning yeah, and there was yeah. a problem or the inevitable. I, I was very good because he could wake up, I could get up, I could deal with him, and then I could lie back down and go straight back to sleep. Like I was very, very good at so. I could see how people, because his mum found it difficult. Because, uh, but I was just, I was very lucky because I, I don't need much sleep, and I was very good at quitting back to sleep. Yeah. And I just uh, had a lot of patience around the situation, so I was just like, okay, it is what it is. I was doing it for my son, so it just, it wasn't a burden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it wasn't yeah, a burden. Once thing, it was a burden. No, but, still, but it must take its toll on you at some point, though. I think, uh, obviously, when he passed, like. Obviously, you're devastated, but you can. That's when you realize, yeah. fucking hell, what I've been doing. Yeah. And when you're in it, you don't. Yeah. You it's do. just, yeah, you're just living in it. So, you're just living on a journey for a couple of years. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 Like I said, but so, so what, what some advice that I'd give anybody is, is learn your children, learn, like work with the hospitals. Yeah. Don't, but just double check them. But everybody's human. They make mistakes. Yeah. There was a lot of mistakes made, but. When we realised that they got cut out because we 
overseed everything. Yeah. We didn't, not that we didn't trust anybody. We just, we just, you learn that if you've done it yourself, it got done correctly. And that's what we prevented a lot of mistakes because there was times where even medication had been drawn up and we double checked it and they were wrong. And we we're like, look, like, why, why is this wrong? Oh, and all it would be is, oh, sorry. And they crack on with it because if mum and dad hadn't pointed out that, and a lot of the time, none of them are not deadly. But if you give them, for example, seizure medication, they could be deadly. But mm. if you give them vitamin medication extra, there's no drama. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. But, and like nurse, like nurses work 12 hour, 13 hour shifts. Yeah. So at the end, so at the end of the shift, like things can go wrong, like very easily. So yeah, just, just, just learn your, learn your children. And like I say, I, I'm not saying don't have no trust in the hospitals. What I'm saying is, is have more trust in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I agree. I 100% agree. I always say trust your own instincts. Yeah. Yeah. So if you feel something's not quite right, then yeah. you need to stay. Yeah. Challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, the hospital didn't, they didn't, they don't like being challenged at the beginning. They didn't like it at all. Um, but then when they realized that it come from a, a loving place and that no one's going to hurt my children, <laughs> like be on yeah. the ball. So, so in the beginning, I was their worst nightmare. I was the, the one who was, moany and angry and i was the angry dad that he's losing his child and he's angry and then when they realized that i was angry every time mistakes got made and up until then i was your best friend then they was like oh this guy's all right he just moans a lot if things go wrong which is completely no 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 of course yeah yeah, yeah of course and and, and and i afterwards i like, like later on when we got to know these i apologized to everybody and said look listen like i apologize for the way I was, uh, I've been told my son's dying and things are going wrong. Like things can't go wrong; they yeah. can't. Um, so yeah, there's there's that. What was it? What was it like for you when you when your son got to his first birthday? Amazing, yeah, yeah. amazing. So so when 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 just when we first found out that he was dying of getting christened, so I had that. Okay. So that was a, that was nice. a lovely day. Yeah. Um, and we got everyone there. Yeah, when he made his first birthday, that was yeah, it was just like wow, we're here. Uh, and then when we got second, we was like fucking hell. Like we didn't think we was gonna get this. Yeah. It was um, some when he got so Mason was going doing really really well when he was progressing. Ah, oh, I tell you oh, another thing: hydropoles for children that are sick. When Mason had development delays, Mason was moving his hands and he was getting stronger. I was doing a lot of physio with him. I was trying to work with him. I was like putting him on the ground, playing with him, yeah. rolling him, and trying to. I know it sounds silly, putting his legs over so that he had to try and move and work yeah. his way if you know what I mean yeah, yeah. didn't actually like not made everything easy for him but just try just just pushing him that little yeah. bit extra just to just try and strengthen him really and he didn't use some uh he didn't move his legs at the beginning so his legs were, were still so he'd be in there and he but he'd, he'd move his hands and that and um about when he was a it must have been about six seven months old something like that M- maybe eight months old we took him to a hydro pool for the first time. So we took him swimming and we got him in the swimming pool and he started moving his legs because the, because the, there was no weight on him. Yeah. And every other time where we, where we'd been in the buggy. Uh, so his legs are there. It's like his brain hadn't told himself that he could move his legs. Okay. And when we put him in the hydro pool and he must've realized, Oh, I've got legs here. And after the first time we put him in a hydro, we started moving his legs after that. that so, yeah, 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 yeah. It was, yeah, it was, it was. And so, so what happened was, he's when we used to give him a bath, we used to, had a bath seat in the bath, and used to his mum used to bath him, like, and give him obviously a big boy bath. 
And when we took him to the hydro pool, after that, my baths had no seat in there and I filled a bath right up to the very top and then I could hold him in with with his hand behind his head and I'd swing him up and down and his legs would be going in the bath. So oh. I used to give him like regular baths so that he could like move his legs. Used to I used to give him massages, like body massages, yeah. put cream in him, like try and try and stimulate everywhere. Yeah. Just just try and fight, like like I know it sounds silly, like you know, if he was an old man, if you sit in a chair, you seize up. Yeah. It doesn't sound and, silly. Yeah. No, and 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 it's the same. Uh, and and as well, anybody who's so because you've got brain uh, things with a brain, you'll find that children that like their arms will start like curling in, and because it, because of like it's actually brain damage. So again, working, massaging everything as well prevents um, it prevented that. It allowed him to, for his hands to be like that. So if you it, so if you keep on top of things, there's a lot of things that you you can prevent as well, and that, that you can it because some children get brain injuries and and they might be brain injury they might not pass away and they might live on into adulthood yeah yeah yeah. but if you you're not aware that and you because you're not medically trained you don't think of the muscles but just because we was doing that and kept on it we managed to keep him so he was more comfortable because what happens is is if you don't use them the hands curl and and they the muscles become tight yeah yeah, and it's uncomfortable for them whereas don't use it you lose it basically yeah yeah so yeah so there's there's so many there is actually loads of loads of things to but you learn it all but you know nothing at the beginning you know absolutely nothing and yeah and rightly so because you've never come across it before so you're not going to know for me where it was my first child i was new to to parenthood so not only did like i know it sounds silly before mason was here i was a boy and when he come here i turned into a man like overnight i literally had to step up overnight because not only, not only was I looking after a child, I was now looking after a terminally ill sick child. Yeah. And they're just another levels as to so um but like I said, he's he's the he's the strongest person I've ever met in my life, my son. I've I've never met anyone. Honestly, you sound like you've done an you've done such an amazing job. Like you you um, really improved sound like you really improved the quality of his life. Yeah, no one of the reasons why I why I've been able to move forward um with my life, why I've see hope why i am the way i am why i've got a positive outlook on life is because i'm proud of the way that i dealt with yeah. looking after him because uh, i was i've I done a lot of because because his mum had a another child I, um she used to go home over night time and um look after her other child and i used to stay in the hospital so so i done quite a lot of the nights there and there was uh you, d- you didn't see many dads up there it was it was mums um yeah. predominantly mums up there and so because i was up there i was like I was just like, you're you're stepping up. Like it's like I've I've done stupid things as as a teenager and growing up, and I've pretty much admit I was stupid up until my son was born. To be honest with you, and then I was like, oh, do you know what? Like when the crunch comes to it, like you you've actually stepped up, and and because I have no regrets, I can I, I can sit here and talk today as a proud man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you should be. You should. How old was you when you had your son? Twenty eight. Twenty eight. Yeah. yeah. So you're still quite young. Yeah, yeah I'm still young. Yeah. Yeah, like I say, I still wasn't grown up. I wasn't. I wasn't the person I am today. I, I definitely wasn't. Yeah, well, I think that. I think that would change anyone's life, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. So it's been seven, eight years now. So I can even talk about dealing with it at the beginning. It was the pain was just numb. Like it was very numb. Yeah, I know that feeling. When I slept with his mum, I I had to start again, my whole life again. How long after losing your son did you split up with his mum? Uh, we were together for another two years. 
Um, okay, so not straight away then. After no, that. no, uh, another two years, and and I, I think that we'd kind of both made decisions even when Mason was there that we wasn't going to be together. Like when okay. I, I I I felt like that. Unfortunately, because of how we dealt with it together, it was like you've both come up with the worst situation in the world and this is how you're dealing with it. So really you're not meant to be together, if you know what I mean, because that, that, that was my mindset. Uh, And when we split up, like I was so devastated that I, like I didn't have, um, so uh, my mum passed years ago and I I haven't got a a lot of family around me. I've got quite, um, so I actually was like, I I didn't even have the strength to, to, to be by myself, if you know what I mean, like at the time. And I, I think she was the same. I think she needed support from from me. So we we supported each other, but we still was arguing a lot. Yeah. Um, Trauma will do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we split up uh, amicably. We actually both just ended up one day kind of not calling each other. Actually, we didn't have a we didn't have a row. We we was meeting each other less and less and less. I I, went, I moved out, and then we was meeting each other like at the weekends, and then going for lunch in a week and then it went down to weekends and then it was uh you know like a, it comes to like january and you know that like everyone says like new year new start i'm not yeah, doing yeah. this and then yeah and so like january had come and i was like oh i'll call you at the... so it was like we'd speak to each other the weekend and a weekend come and i was like oh do you know i'm not calling her and she didn't call me okay and then it was like oh i'm not gonna call her and then it was just like none of us called each other and we ended up just not speaking. What, ever again? Well, obviously not ever again. We, but... yeah, we have spoken since. Uh, but yeah, we kind of, yeah, we like, we we kind of just knew. It was really weird. Yeah, how do you find that then? I thought it was the easiest way. Okay. Because there was no argument. There was no, uh, there was no, I'm leaving you, you're leaving me. It was just, we just stopped speaking. It was really weird. But I think it was good. Okay. Well. Uh, I found it easy. I found it, <laughs> yeah. so to speak. Um, He's obviously you obviously felt in the right place to be able to move yeah. away. Yeah, I, I did definitely. But then what happened was is I then felt like I had started the whole grieving process again okay. because I was now dealing with it by myself, and so I was um, moved into a new place. So that was when I felt like I had a completely blank canvas, completely start again, as if I like a whiteboard. What do you do now? Where'd you go? What'd you do? Like what? Yeah, yeah. Like find your new purpose in life. yeah 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 and that yeah and that's what it is find my new purpose so it, so i only started well again i had to start again and that was that was that was just as, it, obviously it was oh, the shock and the devastation and then two years later it was the the reality of yeah. now you've got to do something with your life i don't know it was just yeah, I suppose because I suppose you were living in limbo really for a couple of years, weren't yeah. you? So... Yeah, 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 yeah. And again, I was just didn't have the strength. I, I remember I went straight back to work like immediately. Oh, okay. I, I, I understand why people do, and I understand why people don't. I can see both sides of the story. Yeah. There's no right answer to dealing with this. There is none. Do what makes you happy is what I'm going to say. Don't just don't do anything. Don't do wrong to anybody. You don't need to shit on anybody else, but just do just do you unfortunately you have to do you because uh, yeah otherwise it can i can see how it can how this how people can go the other way i can see yeah. it i know i like uh, luckily for me i've never i've never been suicidal or i've never but times it's the hardest time i've ever come across in my life 
like yeah. by an absolute clear mile and it's not fucking easy and even to this day now like well like i say we're seven eight years and i'm just having this conversation now as a podcast like people people have asked me like loads of times where they tell my story previously and like i'm yeah 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 and it's only now that i'm like okay i like i think now's the time so yes yeah, it is an emotional roller coaster it's hard but people will say that and that i inspire them by the way i am by how i've dealt with it and so it's it it's nice it's that that i can help people like yeah good and this has got this here is gonna help yeah this helps me though as well this is this this will help loads of people and but i've 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 done this because i, I do want uh, I'd, lo- I'd love to be able to help people like but this is therapy for me this is therapy yeah. for me as well so it's um yeah i'm i'm getting into i'm i've enjoyed this now i was i had butterflies this morning i was breaking it Oh, good. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad I made you feel relaxed. Yeah, you can talk. And so, so you was told then you were given a year with yeah. your son. Like, yeah. That on its own must have just been so hard to comprehend. But then when you got to his first birthday, how was that next year for you? Because it must have been scary because you was told he's only going to have a year. Yeah. So what happened was, I can remember actually, and it's one thing that I can remember is we got told he was had a year, and we tried cramming so much in we was like right come on let's go and make some memories yeah. and we'd done everything and it got to his first birthday and we'd done all these memories and we was like we've done them all now what do we do he's like well we might as well just go and do them again so we uh, uh, so it wasn't so full-on it was like but so the second year so his condition was getting worse and so there was more hospital stays okay. so so like there was a time he was in intensive care oh. where he had and this is the mad thing, and this is what people won't know. He had so this was in two thousand and fourteen. He had coronavirus. So so I know loads of things about viruses. So you've got coronavirus, bacovirus, parainfluenza. You've got uh, neurovirus. So there's all different viruses. Yeah, yeah. And when people get a cold or something like that, when they go in, or let's just say they're in hospital, it's for if you've got a virus, it's very easy for a second virus to attach to mm. to another virus. And so when they, Mason got a chest infection, for example, they'd be in antibiotics and what they do, they test the virus so that they don't, they know the antibiotics. And Mason caught all of them ones that I named, he caught all of them. But coronavirus was one that he caught in 2014, which put him on a ventilator. Saying this is the thing though, he was ill, he was terminally ill, he was a weak child, he had a chest infection, but the name of it was coronavirus. And that was in 2014. Oh, wow. So that, corona, you know when they obviously talk about this coronavirus and that? And they say it's just come around. No, coronavirus is, you can go and check it. It's been previously and they've renamed it as SARS 2 or whatever. But so, okay. So I'd heard of coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, then we're talking about it for years, weren't they? It was coming. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there was was a time that Mason was in hospital on a ventilator and they didn't think he'd get off there and he managed to get off there, managed to get him off the ventilator. That was a, that was an achievement. Like he did defy all the odds when they when they I wouldn't say they written him off. One thing I will say is because he was terminally ill, he I don't believe he got the same rights as a normal child. I believe that they tried that we battled to get him certain things that that because he was terminal that I don't think that they wanted to give him. Okay, yeah, um, makes sense. Though, which is yeah, because even when Mason before Mason went on to uh, intensive care on a ventilator, they basically asked us, "Did we did we want to make him comfortable?" And we were like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Like he's got a chest infection. It's not a fucking dog." Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. We battled to get him onto the ventilator because they they thought he was too sick and because he was terminal. And we was like, "Nah, we got him on a ventilator." I think he spent 
two or three weeks on a ventilator, and then we managed a, a, a chest infection cleared up and managed to get him off the ventilator. So that was oh, that was brilliant. That must have felt so good as well. That was amazing. Yeah, there, there's there's there was a few errors that come along with that as well. A few things I, I got put in a couple of sticky situations that um, I, I I'm I'm not going to go into it today. Oh, it's it's another story for another thing. Cause it's quite it's quite quite graphic, but. There was, a, there was a time when I felt that I had the whole world against me oh. and I stuck to my guns. I played by the rule book and it turned out that I was right and I literally had a fuck you moment to everybody there. I love those moments. Yeah, yes. That's a whole other story. Um, and again, that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm like, so I was the pain in their ass. I really, really was. But I would be the, I would never change. I, I would do everything I'd done again because although I was a pain in the ass, I was right. I could see things from a different perspective and I was right and pushed it. And, and there, there was, I can't say there was, like I said, I might've been pushy and I might've come across as an absolute idiot to them, but I thought I was doing right. And when it, when it comes to your children, if you think you're doing right, then you just got to carry on going. Yeah. That's why I said, follow your instincts. Yeah. yeah. Trust your instincts. Um... Uh, yeah. I really, really did. Um, well, well done you as well. But yeah, I, I'm a proud dad. I, I, I One thing I will say is, is it's, it, it was a pleasure to meet him. Oh, that's lovely. That's really nice. That actually really makes me feel a little bit welled up myself, actually, because, yeah, that's really sweet to say, actually. Mm. Oh, and I'm yeah. sure he thinks the same thing about you. But... Yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah, like I say, just just proud dad, proud of him. But but I'm proud of myself. Like, Good. Like, because of, like I say, because of, of the care that I give him. Like, I literally, I, I just get, just every, nothing else in life mattered. Yeah, good, yeah. No, nothing else in life mattered. He was in your bubble for that two and a half years. That's it. Then. That's it. I, I, I didn't. I didn't care what was going on anywhere else. I didn't. I don't. It was just like skimming my son. Just mm. come on, let's go. Like even even when I went to sleep, he'd be in the cot next to me, and just I'd just be holding his hand. And just that that's that small gesture of being able to hold his hand mm. would have had such an impact on you, and so mm. been so much more meaningful mm. than for somebody else in that situation, sort of thing. Yeah. If, that's one of the things, isn't it? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think when you're in those types of situations, the blessing, because there's hardly any blessings in those situations, yeah. but the blessing yeah. in, in that is that the small things count and yeah. they're so important yeah. and all those other things that you would normally stress over oh, then no, become yeah. unimportant. It's it's taught me that that your mind is more important than anything else, that material things mean nothing because... I, I weren't working, so I weren't earning no money. So I was living on like 50 quid a week, like next to nothing. So I would rather, rather than seeing him in nice designer clothes, I wanted to see him in a brand new white Primark baby onesie that was fresh out of the packet. And when you get him out of the bath and he was hair, smell shampoo, and he was in a nice baby grow that was, it was comfortable and he was just beautiful. Do you know what I mean? It's material things I like so I, I just learned to live with no money and I remember when I f- went first back to work and I got my wages and I would looked at it, it was like what the fuck do I do with this didn't even know what to do with money because it was just money was irrelevant yeah it, yeah in like I said because he was, was in and out of hospital like so there was some stints where he was in there for quite a bit of time so you're you're living on microwave food and like so you can literally you can you can strip back to basics and, and that's mm-hmm. another thing that he done with me yeah. So I, I appreciate life. Like, like I say, because 
uh, Mason was so strong and he and he defied everything. Like he he's my inspiration to life. Like like when I see how strong he was, like he like I say he's the strongest person I've ever met. And so he he's the one that inspires me to try and be strong because as an adult you have to be stronger than your children. Yeah. And when I see him, so he was the one that was going through it, and he was laughing and smiling, and I'm like, you're the one going through it, like, and so I. I had to be stronger for him. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So that's why, like, when when he was here, it was really weird because I didn't, I, I never acted like he was gonna go mm. yeah, because yeah. I didn't want to act like that. I, I like, and then it was like obviously after then I don't know. It's just I when he was here because he was here I I didn't I wasn't crying that he was gonna go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You enjoying the moment? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I really was enjoying the moment, but. Obviously, when they're not here, then obviously you, you cry because you miss them and you want them back. But when he was here, I wasn't crying that he was dying because I was literally, he was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And although he was getting worse and you could see he was getting worse, it's still, not that it didn't sink in, but it was just, yeah, you just didn't think of it. You generally didn't think of it. That's actually a huge, huge achievement. Like, you should be so proud of yourself just for that alone to yeah. focus on the present. Yeah. That's, and, and live in the present. I really, really, I'm because, grateful for yeah, that. Because so many people would struggle, would have struggled with that. I've spoken to families that have dealt with it after, and and that, that's one of their regrets that that they wish that they'd done more. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I I even spoke to, so me and his mum after Mason passed, they done the first. So three months after he's passed, they done the first conference for Mason's condition. Uh, so Mason had just passed. So when we went there, there was like 20 families and me and Mason's mum were the first ones that had gone, that that were there at that conference who had just lost a child. Everybody else had lost them previously. Okay. Might have been three, four years and we'd only just left, lost him a couple of months. So we went to the first two. Um, they was in Birmingham and me and his mum actually done the third one because we was together for another two years. Yeah. So we actually done a conference and held it in London, sorted all out for uh, 80 people, um, got all the food, done all the entertainment. Yeah, yeah. So we done that. That was that was a really good achievement. I felt really. Yeah, I felt almost. Share some tips with me. Yeah, exactly. yeah. That was really good. And I had one of the one of the dads come up to me, and he said, "Can I um?" He said, "Can I ask you a question?" So I said, "Yeah, yeah." He said, "Can you like?" Because he's he's was with his child at the conference, oh, okay. who had the condition, and he said, "Is there any advice you can give me?" And I said, "Yeah." I said, make sure you do everything with them. Don't live with no regrets. Like, make sure that, like I said, because I'd spoken to people who had, like I said, they'd sat indoors, what just worrying. Yeah, yeah. And it, it people act differently, and and they was like, oh no, we can't take them out. We don't want them to get ill. We don't mm. want them, and they're petrified, and they hide them away. And and I, I, I'm somebody who believes that dirt and and stuff is what will build up an immune yeah, system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Look, don't get me wrong. Mason went out rolling around in mud, but we wasn't. I wasn't protecting him. Like I would still pick him up if something spilled. I'd. I wouldn't whip his clothes off and put brand new clothes on him. Do you know what I mean? Like he could yeah, get a bit messy. Take him outside. Take him outside. Yeah, yeah. And the following year, he come back to me. Uh, I didn't even realize. So we went. I went to a conference the following year, uh, and me and his mum had split up then. So I went by myself actually. And um, he come up to me the following year, and he said, "I just want to thank you." I said, "What for?" He said. He said it. I, I, he brought me to tears, and I was lucky. I was at the swimming pool, 
at the time and, my, and I was covered with water oh, okay. and he told me and he went I just want to thank you he said because up until you said that to me he said we were sitting indoors doing nothing and he said all year he said we've done he said we took him out all year and he said I can't thank you enough so the advice I'd give him to do stuff he went and done it and he took the advice and he, he thanked he thanked me the oh that's lovely it was amazing yeah it is so nice isn't it when you can turn your experiences because i know you want to call it a, a yeah. trauma or tragedy because it's your yeah. friend's life yeah yeah but turn your experiences and to help other people yeah. improve other people's experiences mm. as well yeah hindsight is a wonderful thing isn't it but it's hindsight so yeah. you know if you can transfer that to somebody else yeah yeah definitely amazing so, well i think you're amazing thank you and thank you so much for agreeing to do this today no problem at all is there anything else that you'd like to add before we close um, just one thing that I, that I said to you earlier on is that although it's the hardest thing I've had to deal with in my life and uh, and it's still hard now, it does get, it doesn't get easy. It, how can I, how can I put this so that it's positive? The, the, the longer time goes on, the bad days come fewer and far in between. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So when it first happened, it was bad every day. Mm-hmm. Then I'd get, for example, three bad days, then I'd have a good day. Three bad days, then a good day. Three bad days, that went on for a while. Then I'll make that two bad days. Then, And it just got, and until you turn it into, you get good days now, and then I get a bad day. Then I get more good days. You see what I mean? And as time mm-hmm. goes along, um, so you do learn how to deal with it better. The pain is, some, from my perspective, is still the same, mm-hmm. but, I, but, I, but I do deal with it better. And it's in between... And I've I've just said Mason's condition beat him, and it will never ever beat me. I wouldn't. Yeah, no, well done. And I agree. I agree with what you're saying 100. percent And I, I actually often say it that the grief remains the same because people often people think there's a timeline on grief, and there really is no nah. timeline on grief. No, nah. the grief remains the same. It's our capacity to manage that grief that gets greater as time goes on. Yeah. And I don't want to say because people people who might listen to this and they, they they might feel like they're in this pain now and they feel like it's not going to go or people say oh when's it going to go like I'm not going to I'm not going to butter it up like when I when I'm thinking about it the pain is the exact same as what yeah. it was but like I say they're they're further in between yeah there's um, good days in there as well keep yeah. yourself busy and keep yourself positive and active is is key yeah that's pretty much all I've got to say really. And if anybody's gone through it, obviously, sorry to hear that you've gone through it. Um, just hopefully, listening to you will help them a little bit and give them a bit of inspiration as well mm. and ideas of what other things. Because some of the stuff you've given is actually really useful, like medical advice as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm hoping that people will be able to take a lot away from this. Yeah, yeah, because obviously there might even be people that are going through it now as we speak. Yeah. And like I said, but before when when Mason was here medically, I didn't know nothing. I didn't know anything. I was so naive. I was naive about children. I was naive about hospitals. I was naive about everything. Um, like I say, learn it as quick as you can. Um, and just just to just would you advise anywhere any like specific direction to looking? Because obviously they, they they always say don't Google stuff. Yeah, I know. So, um, is there like a paper or a certain website or anything that you would advise? Um, so. What you have to understand is, is when you, when you, they say don't Google, if you're looking at something and you go to 10 different websites and you've got eight of them that are along the same sort of line and two of them are different, you can kind of filter stuff out. Don't just go to the first thing. Yeah. Do, do your research properly. 
you'll only be able to do research basically on what evidence is shown in front of you. So it's always changing. And so, yeah. but it's just, yeah, the, 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 more, the more, the more on, just be on the ball, the more on the ball you are. Like, unfortunately, if, if you and and this is the thing because people are people are grieving people are dealing with things differently yeah. so some people can't they haven't got the capacity to even do some of this stuff yeah it's true it really is I, I don't know how people no lots of people can do any of this stuff when they're going through it but sometimes it's good to maybe have an advocate there yeah 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 no yeah, yeah. So, somebody or, with a clear head to even yeah. to come or, with yeah, you and have a look a at friend it and a family. i always advise that i'll take notes even ask if you yeah. can record conversations yeah. Yeah, 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 as well because yeah. you don't always retain that information mm. so if you if they give you the consent record that conversation so yeah. you can go back and listen yeah well so botox mason like i said he was um um one and a half and they were saying that you can't have it till two but what i'd found out about it so they would have never suggested it to me but because i'd found out about it i went to them and said like can mason have botox and they was like no so i was like why not like and then i battled it and then he managed to get it and then it stopped his secretions because we was clearing up um with the with a saliva thing because because it could choke oh so that he was pulling so we had a lot of secretions there once they give him the um the botox cleared it all up all of a sudden oh, we didn't need to do it anymore so you would have known that no easy. no no yeah yeah but easy, yeah so there are things that can give children better quality of life because that's what that done that was symptom management yeah that's what it was but we give him the botox and and it 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 made his life easier but it made mine and his mum life easier mm-hmm. and yeah. it's not and this is another thing Yes, it is all about the children, but also do things to make your own life easier because you're the one that's life's been turned upside down. So if there's things that you can do to make your own life easier, do them. Like think outside the box. Yeah. So just try and be switched on, really. Yeah, that's actually really good advice because lots of the time the focus is always on the child and not the parent. And and society teaches us that we sacrifice ourselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. But as the conversation we were having earlier, yeah. if your cla- if your glass isn't full, yeah. then you aren't, can't help anybody else. Until now, you cannot help anybody until you can help yourself. Unless you're unless what happens is is when you're if you're helping everybody else, yeah, and it does happen from time to time. Like I've even mentioned, like, I'm doing it now. But like sometimes take a step back, yeah. get your energy, and then you can go again. Maybe, but yeah, you have to look after yourself. If you let yourself slip again it becomes you you'll become more problem like yeah. it, it becomes harder for yourself yeah yeah yeah. and you might look you might miss things things might slip yeah. and stuff like that so it is really important to look after yourself because you're just as important and you know you're important to your child as well another thing routine routine and keep a diary that is very important yeah. as well that is very good advice diary actually, yeah. writing stuff down yeah. write a diary and and routine because when children are in routine and when you're in routine it becomes easier mm. if things are done at set time and you do them at that time you don't miss things. Yeah. Uh, again, that's another thing is it, diary and routine. And you know what to expect as well, don't you? Yeah. 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 And I think diary, diary I think for me personally, was I, I don't have a diary, but I'd have certain thoughts that would go around my head yeah. and I'd write them down. Yeah. And once I wrote them down, I'd feel much better from yeah. writing them down. And certain things that you need, yeah. if you have to refer back to stuff, yeah. write it down so you don't miss any information. Don't be afraid to ask for things either. Don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, there are there are sometimes there's charities out there that can help you with certain things. Like some people some people get respite. I can see why people do get respite and I do get it. For, for me, it was because we got told there was so little time, I would have run until yeah. uh, till empty, just unfortunately. And if I was going on respite, I was that was taking away my time. And yeah. because my time was limited. But I do get why people do have respite because it is hard. 
yeah um, yeah and don't feel bad to anyone listening if you ever did consider respite and want to have respite don't feel guilty no 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 because no. it's again it's self-care no. yeah and you're and you're you know you've got to look after yourself you've got to yeah. look after your child so yeah yeah. yeah um we, we did go and visit a hospice um for because so some people go for respite because then they can leave their children and get looked after so we we did go to the hospice and use the facilities so we used like the hydro pool uh for mason oh, okay. we like i say we went there so that we got dinner cooked for us so that we could go there so, so yes so that so it's nice like that kind of respite we, we did we did take that kind of respite we didn't take the overnight one where we stayed and they looked after them and we could go out but we done it where we could turn up and we, we got meals cooked for us like breakfast lunch and dinner um so that's interesting to hear that because i wouldn't even yeah. know i wouldn't have thought that was a bit would be an option so yeah. again anyone that's listening yeah ask questions yeah but there's different types of things out there yeah. different types of services and um, yeah. things that they can do to offer because i'm sure i even um so there's lots of things that we don't know about. So like if, if your baby passes away, you can yeah. still get child benefit for a couple of months yeah. after they pass away. Yeah. And nobody Disability wants to think, about, yeah, nobody wants to think yeah. about money, but... No, listen, uh, unfortunately you have to survive. So yeah. so you can get disability allowance, you can get carer's allowance, depending on who you've got. So people are entitled to carer's allowance if they have a family friend or a mother. For example, let's just say, for example, um, you had a child and your mum comes in to look after your children, they can get paid. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so you can get things like that. You've got shooting stars and grant a wish for things. So, we ended up getting they paid for it was a car- just a caravan holiday, but we took him to Bun Leisure. Oh, um, and we, we, we we went there. Yeah, brilliant. Oh, brilliant. So, so we so we got that for free. And again, but it just helps. It just allows you to do your memories. It just yeah. takes up like unfortunately as well fi- financially it becomes hard because obviously now like I I actually give up work. That, that, can I tell you another thing that I've done? I give up work and I will never regret this to this day. I second I found out he was ill, I give up work. I was I think I was like, I'm not gonna work. I'm yeah, I'm standing. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. And because I got told he was a year, I was like, I'll I'll deal with the with the the debt or the bills or whatever I've got after um mm-hmm. taking this time off. And I and I've stayed off the hook for two and a half years. And obviously when he passed, I, I went straight back to work. But yeah, yeah. I, and again and again, I would do that again. Uh, I, I have no regrets. Yeah, no, that's good. And I can say it is one of those things that if you, if you, everybody, I imagine everybody would want to do that, but people will worry about the finances. So there's, there are other, there are things you can tap into to help support you with that. There is worry about your child dying. Don't worry about your work. Yeah, yeah. That's what I done. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. So just... yeah, any condition that people have got, there probably will be a community on Facebook. So if you type in the condition. There might be a page where somebody set up. That's that's how we found it. We typed in these condition. Oh, see, I wouldn't even have thought of that. Yeah, and then we, and then we found the the group uh, with his condition. Ah, well, there you go. Anyone listening, go onto Facebook. Yeah, and and oh. say so. Yeah. Yeah, see, I've learned so much today. Yeah. yeah, and I've done a lot of research myself, but I've still learned loads today. So thank yeah. you very much. Oh, no problem at all. It's been a pleasure. Oh, it's been lovely. Oh, thank you. Thank you as much. Take care.